0: Maybe you've heard the story about a man who wanted to join a monastery. Could you turn this down just a little bit? Thanks. Um, he wanted to join the monastery, and so he, he went up to this abbot who was in charge of the monastery. He said, well, you know, what do I have to do to, uh, to join? And he says, well, this monastery is a little different, a little different than Elam. He says, I know a lot of you think Elam is a monastery, but no, it's not exactly. But um, uh, this, this monastery is a little different than, uh, than uh, what you're, you might think. He, he said, we, we take a vow of silence here, and we only speak two words every five years. So the guy says, okay, I'm in, and he, he joins the uh, monastery. And at the end of five years, he comes to the abbot to speak, his two words that he's been saving up for the five years long, and uh, he says, uh, bed, hard. That's what, that was his two words, you know. Okay, so then he goes another five years. Doesn't say anything for five years. At the end of five years, he comes to the abbot to say what his two words are, and he says, uh, food, bad. That's ten years have gone by. So he signs up for another five years, Right? comes at the end of the third five years, comes to the abbot and says, I quit. And the abbot looks at him and says, uh, that doesn't surprise me. All you've done is complain since you got here. You know, 15 years of complaining. So, uh, uh, and, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about complaining, murmuring, grumbling, fault-finding, and criticizing, Okay? Um, so uh, let me say I'm talking about this not because I think that uh, you are uniquely critical or you have some kind of issue or there's something, some concern we have at the school or anything like this. I, I had planned to talk, about the, to talk about this months ago. But I wanted to talk with you on this, this subject and to help us, you know, discern the difference. You know, there's a difference between there are people who are what I would call analytical people that they look at things and they're able to see problems and and help you. As a matter of fact, I love, I surround myself with analytical people many times uh, as a leader because I need their ability that they have to be able to do that kind of thing. But there's a difference between being analytical and being a critical complaining person. Uh, This isn't in your notes, but one of the one of the ways you can tell the difference between a critical complaining person and just an analytical person is a critical complaining person will talk, to the, will, will, will talk not to the right person. What I'm saying is they'll complain about what's happening, complain about the problem, but they never complain to the person who actually has the power to change the situation, right? How many of you know if you complain to your roommate about something, maybe they might not be the person that's going to have the power to change the situation, right? So uh, the difference between an analytical person, an analytical person will see a problem and they'll go to a person who has the ability to change the situation and share that with them, right? Another thing you can see that's a little different is a, an analytical person can share their thought and not feel rejected if people don't act on their thought. They can, say, they can say, hey look, this is, uh, I see a problem here, you know, and share it, and then they leave it in the hands of the leader. But a critical complaining person, if you don't take what they say seriously, they feel rejected by, by, by that in, in that situation. And then also another way you can tell the difference between an analytical person and a critical complaining person is, the, is their willingness, the, the analytical person is willing to be an answer to the problem. Hey, look, I noticed that there's some trash around the campus. I'm thinking that if, uh, if we can get a few people together, we can go around, pick that up, make things better. Uh, and I'm willing to be one of the people to do that. That's an analytical person. right? Critical complaining person never thinks about them being the solution to the problem. They just grumble and complain about it in that kind of way. Um, uh, in your notes it says this, complaining is like whistling for the devil. Complaining is like whistling for the devil. Here, devil, 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 devil. Come on, baby. Here, devil, 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 devil. Come on. Come on up here. Come on in. That's what complaining is like. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the person who has become spiritually frozen because their growth has been paralyzed by the habit of fault-finding, grumbling, and complaining. When you complain, you issue an invitation to the devil. Here, devil, 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 come on. To come and magnify all your expectations and disappointments. In your notes, there's a quote from Mark Twain. It's a good one. He says, don't complain and talk about all your problems. 80% of the people don't care. The other 20% will think you deserve them. Okay, I think that's a uh, a good statement there. The title of this message is, Complain and remain, praise and be raised. I want everybody to say that with me. Complain and remain, praise and be raised. When you complain, in your notes it says this, when we complain about our current situation, we remain in it. When we praise God in the midst of difficulty, he raises us out of it. Say it with me again. Complain and remain, praise and be raised, okay? So let's look in your notes here at the cycle of complaining, what the cycle of complaining looks like. It starts out, step number one, cycle of complaining, step number one, it starts out with a problem. We see in John 16, it says, these things I have spoken, these are from Jesus' words, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. He says, look, in the world you have problems, you have tribulation, you have difficulties. And there's, you know, everybody has problems, and there's no escaping that in this life. And uh, there can be a kind of a lie that people believe, a spiritual, kind of a spiritual lie. And the lie goes like this. The more close I am to God, the less problems I will have. That is, if I really buckle down, I read the word, I spend time in prayer, I seek the Lord. If I'm really close to God, then there will not be problems in my life. And so when they experience a problem, they think that I must not be very close to God. This difficulty has come on me. That shows that I must not really be a person who is very close to God. That, and then condemnation can come into people's minds and all kinds of things like this. Listen to me. Everybody has problems you know it says it says jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered right everybody goes through difficulty jesus was as close as you get you can get and he had all kinds of problems all kinds of circumstances and difficulties and things that were coming against him in in situations that we were so so you got to just dismiss this lie that my spiritual, spirituality would mean, if I'm a highly spiritual person, would mean that I don't have problems, okay? It just does not work that way. Jesus says it, he says, in the world you have tribulation, that's the way it is. There's the kind of the myth of the person without problems. We, we all sit here and we look at each other and, and we can think that the other person has no problems or this kind of thing, but it's an absolute lie. Um, uh, when you see a person who has no problems, I'll give you three possibilities that are involved. One is the person is so super spiritual that they will not admit their problems. That is, they've bought into a kind of thinking that says, um, I should not even say that a problem exists I I should not even talk I should not even confess that a problem exists right and so they say so you so you see you know so they're there and their nose is dripping and their eyes are dripping and they're and and you say wow you you're coughing you know you have a cold no no I don't I don't have a cold I'm believing God it's not there right now, you can be believing God to heal from you from your cold, but if you are dripping snot all over the desktop, you need to acknowledge that you're in, in the world you're having some tribulation right at this moment. Are you with me? You're going through a difficulty. That's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, sometimes you can deal with a liar, okay? Because a lot of times, for example, a, a, a salesman without integrity will tell you there's no problem. As a matter of fact, when you work with salesmen, that's the, that phrase is, you'll hear that over and over again. You'll say, well, what about the blah, 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 and they'll go, no problem, no problem, we can take care of that, we'll do blah, 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 blah. What about this, no problem, you know, da, 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 you know, always no problem, right? And uh, if the person lacks integrity, then they can use that to try, they're trying to sell you something, and they're trying to create this impression, oh, yeah, you drink this solution, you do this thing, and all your problems will go away, you know, but Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. And then the other kind of person that thinks maybe they can live a life with no problems is a person who hasn't lived very long. That is, if you haven't been around the block very much, then you might think that you're going to get away without any problems. There just is no life like that. Okay, step two. So we're looking at the cycle of complaining. So it starts out with a problem, and step two, it comes a choice. That's the blank there. Choice The choice to complain or express gratitude or praise, okay? So I face a problem and then I have a choice. And now in this pattern we're looking at, we're assuming that the choice is to complain. You know, complain and remain or praise and be what? Raised. Complain and remain or praise and be raised. Problems are like a blender okay? The blender works no matter what you put in it. If you put in ice cream and milk, you get a milkshake, okay? If you put in dirt and water, you get mud. It's your choice. All of us are going to have the problems, but what are we going to add to the the blender? What are we putting in to the blender? We're all going to face problems, right? Let's see some of these scriptures that maybe you might think might be unrealistic verses in the Bible. Philippians 2.14, he says, do all things without grumbling Or disputing or how about this one James 5 9 do not complain brethren against one another now you might think well this is kind of an idealistic you know he he doesn't really expect we could live like this but I want to challenge you and I want to say say to you why would God tell us to live like this if he if it weren't possible why is you know? Are you saying to me I could live a life that is filled with gratitude and that I don't I'd have to grumble and I don't have to backbite and I don't have to, to um, complain and be critical and all this kind of stuff? This is this is what the Bible says. Look, look look at these verses. 1 Thessalonians five and eighteen, in everything give thanks. He doesn't say for everything give thanks. I can't thank God for everything that happens because some of the stuff that happens is nasty. But he says in everything. Give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times. Listen to what he says. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How about this one in Proverbs? This is a great one. I love this verse. Uh, Some of you need to put this one right up someplace in in your room. This is what it says. He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. So what happens? So we have a problem. We have a choice. We complain. What happens? Step three, remain disappointed, angry, and offended. That's what happens, right? And then step four, we get more problems. And then step five, we give more complaining. And then step six, we have a lifestyle of complaining. Okay, it just becomes just our pattern. It's like flowing out of us all the time. The people around us, maybe they've been kind enough, some friends around you, to actually say to you, hey, you know, you like you're going all the time like this you're you're backbiting and you're you're kind of like complaining and grumbling and 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 speaking against people and all it. It, this is like comes out of you all the time right maybe they've talked to you about it a little bit already and god wants to do you deliver you today and uh, he's given you some tips given you some hints okay so here's some insights on complaining from the scripture okay all complaining is against God God is the blank there. All complaining is against God. Exodus 6.2 says they complained about Moses and Aaron. right? So you would think, well, they're complaining about Moses and Aaron. But then you look a little bit later in 16.7, and this is what, it, what, uh, what they say. He says, in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints which are against him, not against us. He says, you're complaining against Moses and Aaron. You're complaining against me as the leader. He says, but your complaint, he says, is not against us. It's against him. What have we done that you should complain about us? When you complain about your circumstances, what you're really saying is that God isn't doing his job. That if you were in charge, you could do better, right? And so it just goes on all the time. The weather is too hot, the weather is too cold, you know, you got aches and pains you're talking about. Your, your boss, you know, you have to work for, you're not appreciated enough, or they micromanage everything. And your teacher is too picky and too picayune, and I wish they were this way. And your roommate, man, my roommate's driving me nuts. They're this way and, and this way. And my parents, oh, I can't stop. It's just my parents, you know, they they do this and that, and that. why don't they understand what's going on? And it's just like this thing that's happening all the time. God takes complaining personally in your notes. God takes complaining personally. Numbers 11.1, 1, listen to what it says. Now the people became like those who complain of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his, his anger was kindled and the fire of the lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp it hurts god when you complain he feels anger the bible says every parent has known the sting of ungrateful children but it's nothing like the way we complain against god i'm telling you i've worked with leaders christian leaders many situations there they're in situations with complainers, you know, I've heard, you know, the leader look at me and go, you know, are they ever satisfied? Are they ever satisfied? I'm tried this, I tried. do I ever, am I ever going to be good enough for them? But that trap, that bondage of complaining has taken root into the Hearts of their followers, and they and they, they just can't break them loose, and they and it's, it it just becomes a devastating, becomes a devastating thing. In your notes, number two, complaining grieves the Holy Spirit. Complaining grieves the Holy Spirit. look, look what it says here. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your, your mouth. But only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We can never know the deep presence of God or anointing of the Holy Spirit when our mouths are constantly complaining. It quenches the Spirit. It grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it's interesting that the Spirit uh, represented in Scripture, we, 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 it talks about the picture of a dove, a dove coming down. Have you ever tried to, you know, maybe as a kid, you know, you, you were in one of those uh, situations where there were a lot of pigeons around and you tried to chase the pigeons, you know, see if you could catch a pigeon or go after. Have you ever tried to catch a, a dove, right? You know, if you want to catch one of these little pigeons, you know, you, 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 you go there and you you put a little food down, a little food down, and you try and woo the, the pigeon. You know, come here, little pigeon. Try to get them to come to you. Try to create a safe feeling. Come on, come, little pigeon. Come on, you know, come, come, dove, right? We want the Holy Spirit to come and be with us, and then we're not guarding our mouths and we're making this constant barrage of words that is going out that's just tearing down, tearing ourselves down, tearing other people down, just speaking criticism all the time. And what does it do? It grieves the Spirit of God. Some of us wonder, why am I not sensing the Spirit? And our mouth is constantly shooing the Spirit away by, by complaining, by, by just that, that word that comes out in that way. Number three, the remedy for complaining, this is what we do instead of complaining, the remedy for complaining is praise and gratitude. Gratitude is your blank there. The remedy for complaining is praise and gratitude, expressions of thanksgiving, not just to God but to other people and everything else. Ephesians uh, 5.4, look what it says. And there must be no filthiness, no pollution and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. He says, "Let there be a giving of thanks." Uh, Philippians 4:6 says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." Now, being anxious or fretting about the future is complaining in advance. You know, it's not enough to complain about problems that are actually happening. So we begin to complain in advance about things that have not actually happened yet. But you know, there's no—it's never too late to get started. You know what I mean? Let's let's go, let's go after it in some kind of way. So so, what do we find ourselves? Doing? You know, I wonder if it will rain our whole vacation. Right? Um, I, I wonder if we'll pay ten dollars a gallon for gas. I wonder if that test, you know, that test that Barry Qualic did, I wonder if that's going to be fair, you know. You've never even taken a Barry Qualic test yet, and you already are wondering, you know. I wonder if it's going to be fair. I wonder if the people who promised me they would help financially for school will come through for me. Everybody's come through so far, but that doesn't mean you can't start wondering about it now, right? Get a little anxious. Get the pump prime so you can complain when something goes wrong, right? Are you with me, guys? Are you uncomfortable? Thankfulness is a choice. Thankfulness is a choice. So let's look here. Hebrews 13, 15. It says, Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. In your notes it says, a sacrifice of thanksgivings means that I offer my thanksgiving as an act of obedience, right? Sacrificing is something I don't want to do, right? So, you know, nobody sacrifices. Nobody says, well, I sacrificed and ate ice cream. You know, th- no, that's not it. You, you, when you sacrifice, you say, I'm going to do something that... I don't really want to do, but I'm going to do it because it's right. I'm going to give a sacrifice of praise, right? Um, some people think, you know, if I praise the Lord and, I, and things, everything is not going good, it means I'm a hypocrite. If I, if I, you know, if I, here I am, and they're telling me, okay, let's praise the Lord. How can I praise the Lord? I got this problem and that problem and this kind of thing that's going wrong in my life. How can I praise the Lord? I can't praise the Lord. How am I going to, how, how am I going to do that? And, and they think, if I did praise the Lord, it would actually be hypocrisy because I don't feel like praising the Lord. So that would be hypocritical if I do that. But the truth is, you have every situation you face You have a choice. And the choice is to offer a sacrifice. I mean, sometimes you're in situations where it's easy to praise God and thank God, and good things are happening, and, you know, it's awesome. But when the bad tribulation comes, when the difficulty comes, when the struggle comes, the Lord says, Now, in that situation, though you don't feel like it at all, I want you to offer me a sacrifice of praise in obedience. Look at Look at that verse there. In obedience. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Look at this 1 Thessalonians passage, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. He says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God doesn't ask us to give thanks for everything, but he says, in everything, give thanks. You will face this choice over and over and over again in every aspect of your life. You, you know, you have, a, you have a choice. Now, am I saying to you, and you need to be careful that you're not hearing this, am I saying to you, Are there not situations that need to be improved or rectified? Absolutely. When you see a situation when something is not right, something's not happening in a right way, it doesn't mean you just walk around and go, oh, we just praise God, hallelujah, you know. I don't know, you know, that's nasty. But, you know, what you do is you go, okay, here's something that's not right. Let me talk to the person who has the power to do something about this, and I'll do that. And once I talk to them, from now on, out of my lips... Just comes thanksgiving and praise. God must know. I, you know, I did my part. I did, I'm trusting you, Lord. And you, and you practice this sacrifice of praise. Here's one woman's testimony. She says, My husband's not the type to buy me flowers on special days, but he is very adaptable and extremely easy to get along with. There were many birthdays, anniversaries, and Valentine's days when I found fault with him that he did not do more. He would say, if you want something, I'll take you out and get you anything we can afford. But of course, being a woman, I wanted him to walk the malls looking for something and come home and surprise me. I grumbled to the Lord about it, seethed inwardly over it, got angry, offended, and hurt by it, and felt sorry for myself. All of which did me absolutely no good and did not change my husband one little bit. Dave is an absolutely wonderful man, kind and generous. He lets me do almost anything I want to do and will buy me anything I desire if the money is available. He's handsome, takes good care of himself physically, tells me he loves me almost every day and is very affectionate. I can look at what he is not and be miserable, or I can look at what he is and be grateful. Who says, I'm perfect? We are all the same. We have strengths and weaknesses, And if we are to have good relationships with one another, we must measure on the positive attributes and minor on the negative ones. Okay, I want you to do something for me. Just settle in your seats here right now and shut your eyes, if you would, just for a moment. Just be still, just quiet yourself just for a second. And I want to ask you a question. While your eyes are just closed, you're just sitting there. When you think about this last week how much complaining and fault-finding did you do? The traffic, the checkout line, your work-study, your SOS, the gas prices, teachers the dining hall if you're not sure you complain very much you can always ask your roommate Here's a simple truth. You can never get where you need to be until you admit where you are. Things can never change until you acknowledge things are not right now. You can never get where you need to be until you admit where you are. From the same mouth, this is what it says in the book of James, from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh water. You can never get where you need to be until you admit where you are. So just right now as your eyes are closed, you're just before the Lord. Just admit it. If you struggle with complaining, grumbling, just admit it. Just Just tell them. Say, Lord, this is just a real basic area. I just need tons more praise and thanksgiving coming out of my mouth than it's coming right now. And I just ask you to forgive me, because remember, he says, when you complain, it hurts him. You complain against the teacher, you complain against the leader, you complain against the RA, but it hurts him. Because he says, don't you see my hand in all of this? Just say to the Lord, forgive me for grieving the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to be all over me. I want the Holy Spirit to feel safe with me. Forgive me for grieving your Spirit through my complaining, through my grumbling. Now ask the Lord, because you can't do this yourself. Just say, Lord, fill my mouth with good things. Fill my mouth with good things. Fill my mouth. Just tell him, say, just say it right to him. Fill my mouth with good things. Fill my mouth with good things. Lord, I I want to offer the sacrifice of praise to you. I want to offer the sacrifice of things, even when things aren't going good. Fill my mouth with good things. Fill my mouth, Lord. Help me to grow in this area. Do what I can't do for myself. Lord, if I could have straightened this out, I would have have straightened it out, but I can't do it myself. I need your power. I need your grace. I need you to do it inside of me. Lord, hear the sincere cry of my heart and respond to that, not to all of my foolish words that have been spoken. Forgive me, Lord. Change me. Fill my mouth with good things. Thank you, Lord. I believe you can do it, Lord. I believe you can change me right at the root, Lord. I believe your spirit can do it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My eyes are on you. My trust is in you. My confidence is in you. My hope is in you. You're my everything, Lord. You're my everything. Hallelujah. Let's just express our thanks to the Lord. Just applaud your hands. Just say thank you to him. Just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for working in my life. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for making me the person you want me to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.